Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and today is Saturday, February 10th of 2023. Today, we're celebrating the memorial of St. Scholastica, Virgin. She is the sister of St. Benedict. Tradition holds, actually, the twin sister. Today's gospel will be the gospel of the day, from Mark's gospel, chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. Jesus left the district of Tyre, and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment, and begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him off by himself, away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears, and spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned, and said to him, Ephathath, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke clearly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He has made the deaf hear and the mute speak. It's simply a fact, it's a part of human psychology, that we tend to remember things better when they stand out or they're quite different from the norm. It's really no wonder, then, that the miracle recounted in today's gospel should have stuck out in Mark's memory. Here we find Jesus doing three things that surprise us. First, Jesus could have healed the man simply by laying hands on him. After all, this is what the crowds asked for. And the gospels very often show Christ healing people this way. For that matter, when we think about it, Jesus could have healed the man with just a word, but he doesn't. Secondly, Jesus refuses to heal the man in public. He takes the man away from the crowds, we're told, in order to heal him. This healing, then, is done in private, unlike all the previous ones. Thirdly, Jesus chooses to to heal the man through a very involved and complicated process. In fact, if you paid attention, and I guess we're counting, Mark lists seven different steps in the miracle. Going away from the crowd, putting his fingers in the man's ears, spitting, which, again, that may sound very weird to us, but in the Jewish times it was believed to have special healing properties, touching the man's tongue, looking up to heaven, groaning, and then saying, Ephephatha. Certainly this miracle tells us a great deal about Jesus. But if we reflect on the man who was healed, we can also learn a great deal about the value of suffering and about Jesus' love for us, especially when we suffer. So let's consider just two points. First, the sufferings of this unnamed man who was healed by Jesus and the importance and the value of suffering. Regarding the first, the man who was healed was clearly no stranger to anguish. He knew very well what it meant to suffer. He was certainly deaf, and although it's translated different ways into English, the Greek word that Mark uses was a common way to translate the Hebrew word for mute. And yet, notice that it was only, and precisely because the man had suffered so much, that he was able to draw so close to Jesus. Jesus had no problem healing hundreds or thousands of people simply with a word or by laying his hands on them. But this man received something greater. It was precisely because of misery of his misery and sufferings that he was able to draw so close to Jesus, or said even better, 
that Jesus drew so near to him and took compassion on him. The universality of the experience of suffering is alluded to in the way Mark refers to the man who was healed. Now, we know that sometimes in the Gospels, the, the people who are healed or are more or less identified, the daughter of Jairus, the widow's son, the Syrophoenician woman, and so on. Yet the Greek here doesn't even use the word man. The construction is, is difficult to render in English. It, literally, it says just a deaf mute who just happens to be male. Suffering, then, is, is truly a universal experience. It's felt by all of God's children. The great St. Augustine is often quoted as saying, God had one son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering. God had one son on earth without sin, Jesus, but never one without suffering. Well, this naturally leads us to the consideration of our second point. If everybody has to suffer, what's the value of suffering? What's, what's the point? This is probably a question that we've asked ourselves in the midst of the darkness of anguish and pain. In short, on the human level, on the merely human level, there is no good answer for the question of suffering. It's true. If we remain on the merely natural human plane, suffering remains a mystery. Now, that doesn't mean there's no reason for it, but it means that the reason is supernatural. This is what Pope St. John Paul II wrote. He said, In order to perceive the true answer to the why of suffering, we must look into the revelation of divine love, the ultimate source of the meaning of everything that exists. Love is also the richest source of the meaning of suffering, which always remains a mystery. Christ causes us to enter into the mystery and to discover the why of suffering as far as we are capable of grasping the sublimity of divine love. In other words, the meaning of suffering, if we, if we want to know the why of suffering, it's revealed in God's love. It's true that God uses sufferings to draw us back to Him, to take us away from those things to which we're attached and which can keep us from loving Him with our whole hearts. Now, suffering isn't just physical. It can be emotional, spiritual, mental. But what it always is, is a call to join Christ on the cross, to draw near to Him as we leave behind those things that call to us on this earth. Now, this doesn't change the fact that suffering is often difficult. Once, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta met a patient who was suffering from a terrible cancer. And she told him, Now you've come so close to Jesus on the cross that he's kissing you. And the patient joined hands and said, Mother Teresa, please tell Jesus to stop kissing me. I think probably all of us have felt that way at some time. Yet, even when Jesus doesn't seem to hear our prayers for relief or healing, we know with the certainty of our faith that his love surrounds us and that he permits such sufferings only for our good. When we see sufferings around us, it's God's way of moving us to compassion and love, to encourage us to become more Christ-like in caring for our brothers and sisters in need. We can ask ourselves, how do I respond to suffering? Do I get angry or bitter or complain? Or do I accept it as a loving invitation to draw near to the man of sorrows who suffered so much for my sake and who today asks me to join him on the royal road of the cross? 
through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick. Let's ask for the grace to be like the man in today's gospel, who at the end of his sufferings was rewarded by being able to draw near to Christ, precisely because he had suffered so much.